I'm Pete McCall. Welcome to episode 92 of All About Fitness. On this episode, it's going to be a quick fit tip where I'm going to focus on a topic that's very relevant, not only in our society, but in our industry. First of all, I want to take a moment, though. I've, I've talked about this a little bit, and, and I want to start doing this in, in these quick fit tips. And I'm going to go over a little bit of research. I'm going to have the link to the research in the show notes. So if you want to see it, feel free to look at, look at it. But something recently posted on Science News Daily or ScienceDaily.com was a study from the European uh, Society of Cardiology. And what it found is that standing six hours a day can help increase energy expenditure. And what the study looked at was they looked at people who sat most of the day versus people who would stand part of the day. And what they found that standing, and while this doesn't sound significant, standing burns a little bit more than a tenth of a calorie per minute more than sitting. So, you know, here's a little thing. I mean, we burn five calories of energy to consume one liter of oxygen. Anytime we use more energy in our body, anytime our body consumes more oxygen, we use more energy. So I'll say that again. Anytime our body consumes more oxygen, we expend more energy. So think about that. If you're, if you're seated, you know, you're not really using any muscles. If you're standing, you're using a little bit more muscles. Your muscles have to work to maintain an upright position. So standing can burn a few more calories than seated. You know, this study you know, references the fact that a 65-kilogram person, and let's keep in mind this was written in Europe and, you know, most of the world, with the exception of the United States and Burma and, and I think it's Sierra Leone. So the rest of the world's on the metric system. We're not. But a 65-kilogram person, which is about 140, 138, 140 pounds, a 65-kilogram person would burn about an extra 50 calories a day standing for six hours as opposed to seated for six hours. Now, keep in mind, it takes about 100 calories, give or take, to walk a mile, walk or run a mile. And so we can stand and burn 50 calories over the course of a few hours. That's like walking a half a mile or running a half a mile. So that's something to consider. Anyway, interesting research. We know, you know, we know that, that standing can be better for us. And keep in mind, that doesn't mean only standing in one spot. We have to have some movement, some shifting, not, not only standing on, on both feet, but moving around a little bit. So I'm going to have that link below in the show notes. But think about that the next time you're stuck at your desk. Is there a way that you can get up and stand You know, stand when you're talking on the phone? Right now, I'm standing as I record this. I've set up my recording studio at home so that I stand when, when I do this because I find personally when, when, I, when I record podcasts from a seated position, I'm just not as energetic and, and I don't think my brain works the same. You know, as somebody who makes a living on their feet, you know, teaching exercise and, and you know, teaching seminars about exercise, I think I tend to, to think better when I'm standing. So I try to find workspaces where, unless I'm really diving deep into some, some reading, I will try to find workspaces where I can work from a standing position just because it does help me process things better. Anyway, enough about that. What I want to get into, and, and this is a serious discussion I've been having with friends and colleagues for the past number of months. And this has hit, for the last year, we've seen it hit a number of different industries. Obviously, it's hit, it's hit show business. You know, you've had, you know, people from Harvey Weinstein to Kevin Spacey, you know, that have been, you know, implicated in some pretty, you know, when you look at it, some pretty vile and just disgusting, you know, you know, acts. You know, I mean, we don't need to go into details. We know what that's about. You know, you had the news industry. You've had Bill O'Reilly and, and you know, basically the whole male side of the Fox News team. You, you know, you've had Matt Lauer, you know, go down. And so what I'm talking about, obviously, is this Me Too. You know, the fact that 
you know, for years that women in a variety of different businesses, that women have always, I don't want to say, preyed upon maybe. And as a guy, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware it's kind of tough to talk about this as a guy. Um, you know, but just, just a little background. I grew up, my parents divorced when I was relatively young, and my mother worked in politics. My mother, for lack of a better term, was a lobbyist. So she worked in and had a career in politics for, for the better part of 30 years. So she was around that quite a bit, especially, you know, in the, in the 80s and, and 90s. You know, in the, in the early 90s, she left her firm and, and started her own business. And so I grew up with a, you know, the son of a very strong, independent woman. But where I'm going with this is that we've had in a lot of industries, we've had the Me Too where women have come out and said they're harassed, where they were, whether they're hit on, whether they were assaulted, you know, by various leaders in their industry. And the interesting thing is we haven't really seen this. I've been talking about this with friends and colleagues. We haven't seen this in the fitness industry yet. You know, there was that case against Bikram, um, against Chowdhury Bikram, the, the founder of Bikram Yoga. Apparently he was really inappropriate and, um, I can't remember if he assaulted women, but you know, he, he was, you know, litigated against for that. And, you know, that's, that's the side. I mean, that's not really the mainstream fitness industry, but the mainstream fitness industry, we haven't seen that. And I keep saying yet because it's out there somewhere. So, and I am obviously, you know, I'm not innocent. You know, yes, I grew up, whatever, the son of a of strong woman and stuff. But I've been guilty of making certain comments, not necessarily to women or, or acting inappropriately towards women, but I'm certainly guilty, especially in my younger years, uh, of saying inappropriate things, of, you know, maybe saying inappropriate things about women I work with or about women that, that you know, I, you know in, in the gym and in a health club environment. I'm completely guilty of that, and I own that. But I also like to think that as I've, you know, matured, um, and my wife may argue about that point, but in, in all seriousness, as I've matured, and I've really focused on the professionalism of the business, that really has gone by the wayside. And one of the things that, you know, came out in the 16 election when that whole tape about our president, and we have to remember, you know, Trump, and I really don't like using that word for him, um, the P word, but Donald Trump really had a number of people come out and claim that he has assaulted them. And he admitted on tape, you know, in the summer before the election, he admitted to assaulting women. That's what he did. That's what he was on tape, that whole Billy Bush access Hollywood and there's an exchange that we had there where, you know, we started talking about this in the fitness industry. And one of my friends, Mark Carno, we, we exchanged back and forth on Facebook about this. We're at a lot of fitness conferences. And for nobody, if you've never been to a fitness conference, a fitness conference is probably maybe 70, 75 percent women, the attendees, depending on the conference. National Strength and Conditioning Association, yeah, that's probably about 85 percent men, 80, 85 percent men. But a standard fitness conference that's focused on group fitness is probably two-thirds to three-quarters women. And I have never, and I can say this with all seriousness, with my colleagues and my friends, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure there might be some, but I have never heard any of my friends or my colleagues, other educators in the field, say anything negative or disparaging or inappropriate about a woman. But the one thing that bothers me about our business, about the fitness industry, is that, yes, a majority of people, if you go into a health club, a majority of the people in a health club, majority of health club members are female. You look at boutique studios, boutique cycling studios, yoga studios, a strong majority of those members of people going to boutiques are probably female. Maybe they feel more comfortable in a boutique environment than they do a general fitness center. I certainly wouldn't blame them. But what really bothers me about the fitness industry is that for the most part, a lot of the companies do, are run by men. 
You know, a lot of the companies are run by men. Health club companies are run by men for the most part. You know, the CEO of Equinox is a female, um, but a, a large number of, the, of the, the senior executive leadership is male. You know, when you look at a lot of the health club companies are run by men. A lot of the equipment companies are run by men, you know, senior executive leadership. And oftentimes, and this is really something to think about, guys, oftentimes, and I just said guys, meaning a general term, but, but folks, oftentimes, this is something to think about. When a woman is promoted into senior leadership, she's often relegated to the role of group fitness or HR. You know, very rarely do you see, I don't know if there is a, a senior, a, a vice president, an executive leadership position, a vice president of fitness who's female. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I really don't think that. I don't know. Like I said, there, there's, um, there's Equinox. Well, I worked at Millennium Partners, uh, Millennium Partners, which is a chain of six high-end premium level health clubs. I mean, Smyra Million, she was the COO when I started and became the CEO while I was there. And I have a lot of respect for Samira, and she was one of the few female executives we had. Because it's been something that I've seen, that, that our industry, even though a large majority of the people we cater to are female, a lot of decisions are made by men. And this is seen when you go to a trade show. You know, we're coming into trade show season for 2018. And I work for some of these companies. We're guilty of this. We go out and we get fitness models. And because when you look at it, the companies that produce the fitness products are, are run predominantly by men. The people that buy the fitness products for the health clubs, mainly men. So what they use, who do they use to market the, you know, who do they use to market the products? They hire fitness models to try to attract attention. There's something wrong with that. I mean, you know, this is, and then that becomes a challenge to the industry, right? Because when we look at it, you know, fitness is all, you know, fitness We've made it all about appearance. And anybody who's ever listened to my podcast knows that I don't care about appearance. Appearance is secondary. What I care about is health. What I care about is performance. The reason why I do what I do, the reason why I'm an educator, is I want people to understand that fitness is not about what you look like. Fitness is about your ability to do tasks, about your ability to function, about your ability to live your life to the fullest. You know, if you happen to lose a couple pounds, happen to look better, great. You know, and, and I think it's backwards that we have an industry. And that's what, one of the things, when you think about it, folks, that's one of the things that keeps a lot of people out of health clubs. They do not feel comfortable going into that environment. They feel like they might be judged. They feel like they, you know, might be thought of less than because they're a couple pounds overweight. One of the most popular health club franchises out there is Planet Fitness. And I have a few biases. A number of years ago, the former CEO of Planet Fitness said hiring a personal trainer was like hiring a rent a friend and that Planet Fitness would never have personal trainers. You know, that leadership has changed a little bit since then. Yeah, I thought that's a very backwards way. You know, personal trainers can have a significant impact on helping somebody learn, learn how to do fitness safely. But that's, that's not the reason why I'm going there. Planet Fitness is succeeding because they're creating a, a judgment-free place. I mean, you can argue with some of their tactics. You know, they, they have pizza in the club for members, you know, a couple nights a month, whatever it is. You know, they, they, you know, don't want people there. You know, they don't want people there lifting heavy weights, which is fine. I think they need, we need a safe place. Planet Fitness is a great entry point for people that might be otherwise scared of going into, going into a gym. And trust me, <laughs> I get it. You know, I get why people might be intimidated walking to the gym. I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with that, but with being intimidated, but Planet Fitness is a starting place 
but there you can get benefits from many other places. But where I'm going is that in our industry, we often relegate women to group fitness. We relegate them to human resources or we relegate them to being fitness models. We don't take, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we, you know, in our industry, we tend to not take women so seriously. We, we tend to look at them more for their appearance as opposed to the contributions they make as a coach, as a trainer, as an educator. Look at any conference. You know, any conference, most of the science, most of the personal training stuff is taught by guys. Most of the stuff about group fitness, whether it's music selection or other stuff, is taught by women. I mean, there are differences. There are differences. Some people are, are, are bridging the gap. You know, a couple of them have been guests on the show. Artemis Scanalides has been out there. Um, you know, bridging the gap. One of my friends who I haven't been able to, to get on the show yet, and I, I really respect her for the role that she plays in the industry. She's a terrific educator. And that's Ingrid Markham. You know, we need more strong women like that in our industry. And as an industry, we need to do a better job of recognizing the contribution that women make. You know, women aren't just there to, to put on, you know, tight clothes to try to sell equipment. You know, women aren't just here to take pictures for a marketing campaign. That's crap. You know, I try not to curse on, on this podcast because I want it, you know, to be able to be downloaded in all countries. There are a lot of capable women out there in the industry that are doing significant things. Yet, often they're judged by their appearance. You know, my friend Amanda Vogel, you know, previous, previous guest on the show, wrote a great, great article about that. I'm going to see if it's still available because it's behind a paywall idea. But she wrote, you know, does... Does the fitness industry have a body, body image issue? And the answer is yes. You know, and I think a large part of that is how we treat women. You know, we haven't had that me too moment here in the fitness industry. But, you know, I try to make this, I try to make this podcast primarily for consumers. And I want to let you know that as an industry, we can do better. You know, when you look at it, you know, often women are relegated to certain roles. Or they're using marketing, you know, marketing. And I don't know if I can solve that, but all I can do as somebody who is on the content side of things by doing a podcast and doing writing various is I can try to raise awareness to it. I think we can do a better job. I think the industry can do a better job. I think companies can do a better job of promoting and elevating certain women and looking at women for what they can contribute, their knowledge, their education. You know, I had Courtney Thomas on. She's a personal trainer focusing on online personal training. We talked about that a couple months ago. You can go back and check that. You know, one of my first guests on the podcast was Jen Sinclair, and she's one of the I have a tremendous world of respect for what Jen has accomplished. I mean, she's so badass that she writes for men's health. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, that's a significant accomplishment. I mean, she's taken seriously. You know, and that's something I think we can do better, you know, as, as an industry. And it's something that as a podcast host, you know, I know I can look back over my guest list and I can say, all right, there's been a lot of guys there. Those are people that I know. I also need to work a little bit more on diversity, and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to reach out, and I want to have a broad, you know, a broad base of, of guests on. But that's going to be my challenge. You know, as a fitness consumer, I want you to look around. I want you to start asking, you know, asking the companies that you're buying from. You know, Lululemon, you know, we know that that CEO and former CEO put his foot in his mouth a few years ago. And as an industry, we can do a better job. We haven't had our Me Too moment yet. But it's coming. As consumers, you can do your role. Shop for those companies that do a better job of recognizing women. For who they are and what they contribute to the business. Not for what they look like.
over the course of the next few episodes of All About Fitness, I have some really just tremendous guests coming on. I wanted to put this one out there first. I wanted to put this quick fit tip out there because, as you can imagine, I'm going to have some very strong women coming on for the next few guests. I want to do a whole series of some women that are just kicking butt and taking names and doing significant things in the fitness industry because we can do a better job. We can do a better job recognizing the leadership, recognizing the potential that these women bring. Much more than appearance. A majority of the people in the fitness industry, a majority of our consumers are female. And as an industry, we need a better job of recognizing that. I can't do much, but what I can do is try to highlight some of the women that are doing things right and creating a difference in the industry. With that, I want to thank those of you, a couple of you have sent in some notes. Um, you know, with some ideas for with ideas for guests. I'm listening. I'm reaching out to them. So yes, I'll be doing that. Uh, if you want to contact me, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. 